All right, good evening, guys. How are we doing so far? Let's give a big hand. I know he was bashful, but we had J-Rod and Alicia cooking dinner tonight. They did an amazing job. Give them a hand. Give a big hand for K-Rod, Kim, for bringing a powerful communion. It's like, you give her a hand. You guys, this is, you don't need a cup of coffee whenever Kim speaks. It's awesome. You're like, get jolted with the Holy Spirit. And of course, give a big hand to Kenzie for leading worship and Alicia being up there. Man, it's so cool to have such an amazing team that we get to, to be around. Um, so we, we thank you guys for being here. We know that uh, your time is precious, but what more better way to spend it than with Jesus, right? Yeah. Big night ahead of us. We're going to get a little excited tonight. Um, I mean, for those of you that joined us last week, we had Randy preaching to us. And I had to call him later on because I wanted to tell him that that was one of my favorite messages that he's ever given. Uh, he gave some great information for us to hold on to, and he's been preaching for like a million years, so it's important to listen <laughs> to what he has to say. He's been around, and what he said was that when we go through this amazing book that we've been given, this guidebook, the Bible, that we are going to have questions, and we're going to need to dig into things ourselves. They, he was told to go through this, everything that, about healing, and he got a better understanding for it. So we're able to answer questions, we're able to talk to people, so he told us to, to dig in and dive into this book and find out our own theology through it. He also talked about the official who traveled over 20 miles and he came to Jesus looking for help because his son was sick and he was dying. And like he said last week, he was saying, well, the doctors probably gave their peace to him and it was like, nothing else we can do. So he had nowhere else to turn, so he goes to Jesus. And he had a test of faith where Jesus was like, yeah, he's good, just go. And it's like, oh, okay. And he started writing on back. And see, we get thrown a bone every now and then that we prove ourselves like, oh, our faith is going to be pretty strong. The man started walking, Jesus sends a little group out and it's like, Hey, yeah, your, your kid's good. I got you. Just keep going. So we got a chance to see what a true test of faith is. And tonight we're going to focus on another miracle. That was the first healing miracle of Jesus' ministry. And now we're going to fast forward kind of because it jumps around a different gospel. This is actually the 18th miracle that we're going to be a part of tonight. But it's actually one of my favorite sections of the Bible, that when I first started going through this book and I started to read through it, this just jumped out on the pages to me. So I love this, this section near and dear to my heart. So we're going to get a little excited. We're going to get a little passionate. There's going to be some spit flying, but that's all right because we're going to be worshiping Jesus here and he deserves all that passion and love. So we're going to have some fun tonight. I look forward to it, but I'm calling this message, Let's Get Steppin'. Yeah, that's a, I'm the younger pastor, so I can say stuff like that. Let's get stepping. We need to get moving, and we're going to see what I'm talking about with this. We're going to join Jesus on another adventure of his ministry. So let's get moving ourselves. Let's go ahead and stand up if you're able to stand and open up your Bibles. If you guys need a Bible, we put a, a Bible table out every single week. Grab a Bible, grab a note card. We want you guys to dive into this, circle some things. 
the Bible speaks to us all in different ways, so I encourage you guys to just jump in and start taking notes and seeing what he's saying to you. So chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethsaida, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time and the chance that we can meet together and just break bread, share in communion, just have fellowship with one another, that we have this sense of community and family, Lord. But families need to get real sometimes. So I'm asking you to just let us be vulnerable tonight. Let us be open to your word and all that you have for us. That you're able to break through something that we've been holding on to for so long, Lord. We ask you to just start chipping away. Break it all away. And let's experience your love and your grace and your guidance, Lord. We lift up this night to you. It's your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. So as we're following Jesus, he's on another trip. And he's coming back to Jerusalem. And he's coming back to Jerusalem for another festival that they have going on. And this was a time of the religious feast where all the males would be required to come back to Jerusalem. It sounds very similar to what I spoke on last time when we had the festival on Leavened Bread. This is another one of the festivals that he was coming to celebrate. So there was an above average group of people that was meeting in Jerusalem at this time. And... One of the new things that started to jump out at me this time going through this section, and I think God wants us to hear this for some reason. Um, I send my, my notes and everything to my wife because she's the brains of the operation so she can see if things make sense and fix all my grammatical errors because you'd be amazed how many I have. Spellcheck gave up on me on my computer. It's so many. But I guess at their women's camp, they started to talk about the same entry that I just want to touch on real fast. So it says that Jesus came through this, the sheep gate. And as we walk up to Jerusalem, they have all these different gates that you can come through for various reasons. And I just think it's pretty cool that there is this sheep gate that the sheep would come through, that they would use them for their sacrifices and offering. And this just so happens to be the gate that Jesus is coming through, and he is the Lamb of God, who would sacrifice himself all for us. So God wants us to know that for some reason. So if that's affecting someone tonight, it's just I need you to know how important and how planned out and how in control Jesus is. That all of this, as we look back, was all in control, everything that he would check off as a domino. This is how in control Jesus is. This is who needs to be in control of our life. So that's just a cool little side fact. But once he was inside the city... He entered the Sands Resort, this four-diamond, beautiful, lush property. Because we're just talking about pools, right? And these five porches, I mean, I look forward to that. But this, this actually isn't what he was heading to. It sounds great, this, this wonderful pool with five porches. But this was actually a body of water that would supply water to the temple. We have a picture of what it looks like now. I know, I was just kidding about the other one. So this is actually 
it brought up a lot of discussion um, to this text that they were saying, how can there be five porches if there's just one body of water? It doesn't make sense. But actually, as they started to excavate it and bring it up, there was two bodies of water, so that was going to be possible for five different porches to fit around it. But a little interesting fact, I'm not going to bore you for too long, but one water was a reservoir, the dam would let the water through the other one, and it would supply, and they would do uh, ritual bathing at this spot for the sheep. So yeah, this is the pool that we're talking about tonight. You now have a location of what we were talking about. You guys will thank me later when Jeopardy asks you, what was this real pool of Bathsheba? But it actually means house of mercy. So I'm going to start calling it that. That's the translational name because I'm going to butcher the name of the pool. So you got lucky with two times. I'm not going to try it anymore. So it's house of mercy. And the thing about this pool, it was surrounded by the sick, the lame, and the crippled. So you can just imagine Jesus coming up. And it's just tons of people waiting for something. And word on the street was that there was an angel that would come down and have, you know, angel fingers. And he'd stir up the water and it'd start bubbling. And the first person that would go into this water would get healed. So that's why everyone's hanging out at this pool of water. It would change your life completely. But if you read from the NLT like I do, you'll notice that I didn't have a verse 4. I don't know if some of you look through your Bibles. That's why we encourage you to bring it. Verse 4 is actually left out of some translations because there's principles that just don't match up on certain things. But I went to the NIV version, and it's in the New King James Version. And this is what it is. This is the missing piece in your Bible if you, are missing, if you have the NLT or ESV from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. Pretty magical water, right? So one of the men at this spot with all these people needing something is the person we are going to focus on tonight. We have a location and now we have our characters, this man and Jesus. And who is this man? It's going to talk about in verse 5 and 6. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? This man was in pain, not just like a week-long pain, 38 years of being in the same spot, the same circumstances, no one helping him, being overlooked, people going away from him because they don't want to be close to him, feeling hopeless, thinking, what's next for me? Why am I here? Why is this happening to me? This man is just in a hopeless situation, being stuck. Hanging on to whatever thoughts are going through his mind. Unfortunately, I know there's a lot of us here that are hanging on to a little bit of hopeless 
feelings inside where you may be stuck, you may not know what is next. And so I'm going to challenge you guys for our first table talk tonight to really get open. These people around your table are your family. No one is judging you. But I think Jesus is ready for some healing. He's ready to come into our lives. And I know there's people that have been shutting him out of their lives. But it's time to let him in and do something big. So I want you to go around your table as we put up the table talk. And I have some important questions I want to ask you. Do you want to get well? Just what it says in the text. What do you need to change in your life? What's something that you are tired of hanging on to? What do you need to overcome tonight? This could be the, the start of breakthrough in our lives. This one moment where we just put it all out in the open with our brothers and sisters in Christ and we have Jesus start speaking life into us. So I'm encouraging you guys. You guys get a lot of time for this table talk because I want it to get deep. I want it to get personal. I want to start peeling back the layers because I don't want that hopeless feeling for us anymore. I want us to start seeing the visions that God has for us and all the goodness. So take some time. Answer all the questions that you can. Whatever's hanging on your heart, whatever's been pressing you, whatever's been holding you down, let's start talking about that tonight. So go ahead. You got, I won't even tell you how much time. It's a surprise, but you got a decent amount of time. All right, we're going to bring you guys back together. I thank you for opening up and seem to have some lively table talk. But some of this is big for us to start tackling. Because I had to tell you, it's tiring hanging on to the negative thoughts and the failures. It's tiring thinking like there's nothing else. That we're not worthy to overcome whatever we're going through. That we're going to be stuck in the same situation forever. I know there are times that I'm ready to overcome those things. I want to start moving past them. That I want to start seeing the fruition of what God has for us. Tell me if this sounds familiar. I don't need to change my situation. I'm kind of used to it. I'm used to the pain. I'm used to who I become when I'm drinking. I'm used to being the fallback option. I'm used to letting people down. I'm used to the hurt day after day. I'm used to the depression, and I don't think I deserve anything more. 38 years is a long time to stay on a mat. You get used to everything around you. You think of it as a way of life. That each day he would wake up and just think the same thing. Oh, well, going to be crippled another day, all right. There's nothing to look forward to. It's a way of his existence and his life. Just being stuck. But I want to tell you, we're not meant to feel stuck. We are not meant to feel hopeless. We are not meant to be defeated. We are not meant to carry those things around with us anymore. That's right. 
But there's an activation to it. We have to be ready and we have to be willing and we have to let Jesus into these situations. And for some of us, that's a big step. Your weakness and your defeat are not God's mistakes. And they are not meaningless. They are designed to lead you to him. See, Jesus is about to do something really spectacular here. Is that he's walking up to this pool of water where there are the lame, there's the cripple, there is the hurt, there is the sick people. And he's going to walk around all these different people and he has selected one man that's been there for 38 years. And this man hadn't even called on Jesus. But he's designing to lead us all to him. They're about to see something amazing and everyone else is going to be a part of that. That then they can start asking for Jesus to come in this situation. They're about to see something people hadn't seen before. This man gets to be a part of something huge. God uses circumstances. I have this quote I want to throw up there. God uses circumstances that seem awful and bad to show off his glory. He loves to come into situations that we view as hopeless and suddenly make the impossible possible. Jesus goes up to this man and asks him a puzzling question. Do you want to get well? It's like... Of course I want to get well, Jesus. I've been here for 38 years. That's what he should say. That I'm ready, Jesus, let's do this. Or is he so used to the same thing day after day for 38 years, the pain that he has to go through, the torment, and just being stuck on a mat doing nothing else? Or is he so used to that that he's afraid to say yes? It's all I know. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. The imprisonment is so great that he doesn't even say, yes, I want to be made well. In verse 7 he says, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Instead of saying yes, shouting at the top of his lungs that he wants to get better, he uses an excuse and uses his circumstances to put a front up. This, the bubbles happen and the people take cuts. I, I can't make it there. It's, I can't do it. I can't move past whatever's going on. He's already defeated. I can't be made well. I can't get off this mat. I can't beat the other people to get to this pool. I can't start walking. I can't start doing these things. I can't do anything better. I can't beat this depression. I can't do these things. I can't fix this mindset. Well, I want to tell you that I can't should be thrown out of our vocabulary. Because, yeah, you can get some praise there. Because I can't doesn't exist 
Because he can, does exist. Because of he, we're able to do things. So I can't is no more because he can, and if he can, then we can. That's important for us all to realize. We're getting so used to our circumstances and the problems that are weighing us down that we keep having this defeated mindset. It's I can't no more, it's Jesus can. The ultimate healer is the one that's walking with us and being a part of this. So stop with the excuses and stop with the comfort of defeat. That is not made for us. You know what's cool? Jesus doesn't say, okay, you have a problem, let me just pick you up in the water, then you're going to be healed, right? Because that's what he does. No, he walks right up to the mat of this man. The mat that this man wants to get away from, that he wants to walk away from, the mat that has defined him for 38 years of his life, the mat that has trapped him and made him who he thinks he is. Jesus goes right up to that mat, and with the resurrection power that he has, the authority that he has, he says, get up off that mat. This is who we have. This is who's speaking to this man. He says, get your mat and get to stepping. I paraphrase that. <laughs> to quote Jesus a little more accurately, he says, stand up, take your mat, and walk. To the man that's been crippled for 38 years. Stand up, take your mat, and walk. You know what's awesome is that this man takes his mat and he starts walking because he's not going to leave that mat there. Jesus is making a point because he is now carrying what used to define him. So the, his now trials that he had is in his own arms and he is now using that as a testimony to everyone else that he's going to be around. Our trials will become our testimony. What you thought defined you is not what God defines you as. He wants the defeat to stop. He wants the hurt to stop. Jesus doesn't change our outward circumstances. Gets a whole new us going on. A new way to speak. A new way to think. A new way to act. Totally transforms us. He gets us ready for what we are supposed to have. So enough is enough. Are you guys tired of feeling trapped? Are you tired of being on that mat? I don't know how long that mat's been there that you're standing on. For some of us, it could be a week. For some of us, it could be a few years. For some of us, it could be like the man for 38 years where we've been so trapped in our negative thoughts and our defeated mindset that we haven't moved in so long. And now it's just become a part of our lives. Let's stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Let's stop being defeated. Let's stop with the excuses and start moving forward to what Jesus has for us. Do you want to be healed? Verses 8 and half a 9 says, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. This isn't just Jesus coming back in a few years. Oh, did you start walking yet? No, it's not a week later not a day later it's not even a minute later it's instantly the man that has been crippled for 38 years starts walking if we are ready to start moving past our situation 
Jesus can start taking the wheel and start making things happen instantly in our lives. That's the amazing power of Jesus. He is a healer. He is a redeemer. He's a promise keeper. He is a chain breaker. He is someone that's going to throw away the old you and bring you to the new you that he wants you to be. You have to remember that. You have to know who is in control of all of these situations. The man picked up his mat. And we finish up this section with what happened next. I'm not going to get too deep into it because that's what leads us into next week. You guys are going to see what happens to the man. But in 9 and 10, it says, But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, You can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Even though this man had been crippled for 38 years, even though he hadn't walked, even though he's felt defeated, even though he's up walking around with a joyous smile on his face, the religious leaders were like, hey, you can't carry that mat. We have some made-up laws that we don't want you to do that. Taking away the fact of what's right in front of them. That Jesus is there. The Savior is there. Distracting the fact of what's actually happening. Are we doing the same thing? Are we not focusing on what's right in front of us? Before you can change, you must decide if you want to get changed. That's why I wanted you guys to get open and real for the table talk. Because the moment we start letting it all out and letting Jesus into these situations and hearing about other problems that people have, that we're all human, that we all have these little demons inside of us that we need to get away from. Trust me, I know how many negative thoughts can go through my mind, how defeated I can get, how I think that I'm not worthy to do certain things. But that's so far from what Jesus wants me to think. It's just I put myself in that little box. I put myself on that mat. You may think that God doesn't have something for you, but you are so wrong. We were all created to do something huge, to be a part of his kingdom, and he loves each and every one of us dearly. He doesn't want to see us suffer. He doesn't want to see us grow through this pain, but we're going to have to go through some of these things. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, he's going to be with us every single step of the way of those problems. He's someone that never leaves our side. So are we ready to start moving forward? Because breakthrough begins within. I am ready for some breakthrough. I am ready for things changing, not only in this church, but in the county, in the state, and in the nation. I'm ready for people to start breaking through and letting Jesus in to start making a whole change. That revival that's always talked about, this could be the start of the revival that we needed. We need to start encouraging each other to tell each other that that's not going to define you. Your past is your past. You may feel trapped. You may feel small. You may feel belittled, but that's not who you are. These people are all here to lift us up. Jesus is here to lift us up. He is ready to get us up off that mat. So we got to stop making excuses we got to stop letting the circumstances decide who we are. 
We must get ready to take action. We must get ready to take that leap of faith to get off that mat and know that Jesus is going to be the strength behind it. That you are not defined by what you think defines you. The depression, the anxiety, the addictions, everything bad that continually weighs on us is not who you are. The mat is no more because Jesus is here. We need to trust and obey. So are we ready to move forward? I have the choice. You have the choice. We all have this choice to make. Are we ready to start moving forward? Are we ready to stop with a negative, defeated attitude? Because I know I am. When Jesus says to take up his mat, he is telling him and all that truly want to change something very important. That there is no going back anymore. Jesus didn't want him to just leave his mat and start walking and going away. Because the moment we start stepping out in faith and we start taking a look back of where we came from, we remember the, how comfortable we were, how easy it became, how the unknown of the next day, well, I could just go back to my mat. Instead, he had the man roll up his mat and start walking with it. So he is burning that bridge. He is never going back to who he used to be. Your past is your past. It doesn't define you anymore. So if you're ready to make a change right now, I want you to declare that that is not you. The pain, the hardships, the depression, anything holding you back, anything that you need breakthrough from, that is not you anymore. And Jesus is ready to take the reins and start moving in your life. Is there anyone here that needs some breakthrough? Let's make a little noise. If you're just ready to let Jesus start in here. Don't let your past cripple you anymore. Don't let the addictions beat you anymore. If you need healing, any healing, let's let the healing begin. Let's let these things start happening so we can pick up our mat, we can have our testimony in our hands, and we can start telling people around us, this is what my God can do. So you guys opened up, and I want to have a little time for prayer, because prayer is what's going to get this all moving. You guys open up, and we just get a verse by verse going through it. We see what happens. We see experiences, but we need to pray into each other's lives. So if you opened up, if you got to know the people around you, start specifically speaking into their lives that their addictions are going to be beat, that they're not going to be defeated anymore, that their negative thoughts are not going to control their minds anymore, and they're beginning to see what God has in store for them. So go ahead, pray around your tables. You guys got about a minute and a half, two minutes, and just speak life into each other and believe that when you are speaking these words, just imagine Jesus' hand right on your shoulder getting ready to lift you up. I encourage you guys to keep praying as I close this out in prayer. Lord, breakthrough begins within. We are sick of being defined by our past, of who we think we are. This I can't attitude that we've always had, Lord. Or we're ready for breakthrough. We are ready to break these chains free. We are ready to get off this mat that we think defines us and start moving forward in who you have destined us to be. 
We lift up our brothers and sisters here and we just ask for breakthrough. We ask for addictions to be beat. We ask to overcome anything that's been holding us back. These negative thoughts of thinking that we're not good enough, Lord, because I know that you love us and we are loved and a part of you and you want so much goodness for us. That we are not defined of who we used to be. Lord, I lift up these situations. If there's someone that just feels like there's a dark cloud, that they are just not being touched or affected by you, Lord. If you feel like you're alone or hopeless, I ask you to start breaking those barriers right now. Break the mold. Get rid of it. it. Let them see that they are moving forward. That they will not look back and just moving forward into your loving arms. That the grace that you're going to have transform them and they're going to be a whole new person in you, Lord. We thank you for all the breakthrough that you've already started doing in our lives. Lord, continue to strengthen us and help us get walking right next to you and helping people along the way and turning all these past things, all these trials into the ultimate testimony knowing that you can heal and you will heal, Lord. It's your powerful and loving name we pray. All God's people said, amen.